welcome to the Earwig Review, episode 17. It's been a couple weeks since we've done an episode. Last week, the week before, we had Herman's Jail, parts one and two, and uh, I hope you liked it. Uh, those are still up on the YouTube page. And I see. Was the echo gone? The echo's gone. Um, it's I haven't recorded in so long. I, I had it took me way too long to set up because I put away all of my gear and all the, you know, whatever. But I think we're back now um a ton of posts to catch up on because we just got weeks of it and i don't i don't even know where to begin i feel like this will be the worst episode of the earwig review podcasts potentially ever this may be the worst of all one thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, I've been playing with a little GoPro camera, uh, making small videos. I only posted one so far, the rest of them didn't turn into anything. Um, but that's been very fun, just recording movies in the almost the dumbest way possible, similar to the posts. Making worrying less about things being good than simply doing it because it's fucking fun at the end of the day and it, it's just um it's just what needs to happen um so i'll post a link to those um or just find them on the youtube page um but i'll find a way to make those wildly apparent um and also putting some work into the website as usual and um i put out a second issue of the what's basically a zine uh last time it was called microwave dog skeleton this time i'm just calling it uh poems collected and ongoing and then issue two and then i named it after one of the posts so all the posts get collected and put onto there and you can download them as a um an ebook um on the website if you join the mailing list to keep in touch so i'm building out this kind of world of the earwig review and the truth is I'm doing way too many things, clearly. Um, YouTube, um, with all these new videos, doing this ebook once a month with the newsletter, doing this podcast once a week, doing the posts every day, having the novels and the ebooks. I guess that's the extent of it. Um, is it too many things? Probably. Am I having a lot of fun doing it? Yes. So I'll keep doing it and see how uh see what happens um so let's just get into the posts 
I don't even know where to begin with what's been going on. I'm over my jet lag. I was we were in Israel for our honeymoon. Um the jet lag completely kicked our asses. I did not uh, expect it to be as um intense as it was, I suppose. And I'm I'm past the jet lag, but I'm still not grounded back to my my usual state. Uh and I I do think that doing this podcast today will um will be a good start to kind of get me back into the rhythm of things but um it was it was tough um this is you know so it's so dumb to say but it was very difficult for me to leave my usual process and my usual um routines and um and get on the plane and go and then it took me a few days to feel like I could be in relax mode and then basically now we're back and I'm um can't quite get back into the proper rhythm but it's also this fucking week where yesterday was new year's it's christmas week no one's doing anything everyone's off take a holiday um and just you know live your life anyway um that's a definitely something I always do. I say, okay, let's get into the post. And then I go off into a tangent and talk about a whole bunch of other um, things. Um, so, Green Lard. This is a post called Green Lard. Now, before I get in, into it, let me go on yet another tangent, probably the third one. Um, with these videos, I was going through the, the video of... Um, I originally thought with these video things that um, the point I would just t take a little selection from the podcast of like, okay, because I was reading through the transcripts um, of the podcast that they're generated from YouTube. And that's the reason why I started filming in the first place. So let me backtrack. I'm talking in circles. I was, we were doing the podcast. Everything was, was fine and dandy. Then I was like, I want to see a transcript of the podcast. Um, so I was looking at all the different ways if you can get that. Some of the places charge like whatever, a couple cents a minute, or there's all these different pricing things. And I was like, look, it's free on YouTube. You just got to post it. So um, then we started posting the videos on YouTube with just a single picture from Use Gallery, as you guys all know. And then I started I'm filming my filming I was like if we're doing video let's film myself and see how that goes because I know so many of the podcasts I like listening to um they have video components and I like I don't watch the whole video I just like tune checking it out for a couple seconds of like who am I listening to who's this person what do they look like what it's all this stuff so I was like okay I'll film uh my own thing and then did that a couple times and then I was like oh the possibilities of video then um got this gopro and then that's totally kind of sent me on this hilarious tangent filming all kinds of dumb things and making these videos before getting the gopro i was going through those transcripts from youtube and being like okay here's like an probably my favorite part from episode 12 or whatever and then um i would take that 
and then I was looking at them as a whole and, and trying to edit them in a way that was interesting, but it just wasn't without the larger context of the whole podcast and being kind of here for the long run. Um, it just didn't seem right. And then I started trying to cut it up. I was like, okay, you know, how you see these videos on YouTube where people like talk and they, they kind of jump cut their monologues and to make them more concise. So I was doing that a bit, but it's like, I don't know. It's not really what it's not. It's you start kind of rewriting your monologues and they start taking on a new life and it feels like sort of fake and you don't know why. And you're getting into the nuance of it all. One thing I love about doing this is it's just like one take you're gone. If you fucked up, it's still going. There's no editing too bad. Live with it. So I, I wasn't that interested in doing it that way. Then I got this little GoPro camera, the most simple little fucking guy. Where is it? It's right here. It's I love this little camera. It's on a little stick right now. I'm showing it on for those of you who have the video. This is my new thing, and it's been really fun. Now I'm filming myself doing the podcast. Um, you can really just film at any point and there's no settings to mess around with. There's no lens. It's just so deadly simple. Um, and it fits in your pocket so you can spy on people and record in places you're not really supposed to. Um, like yesterday we were in the movie theater and uh, I didn't film the movie because I'm not interested in pirating movies, but even just walking through, you know, they rip your ticket and going through and then going into and seeing all the seats and who's sitting there. I thought that was really fun to film. And if you had one of these big cameras, you know, everyone's like, we can't do that. But with the GoPro, you can kind of hide it. Um, so that's really fun. And even just going through the mall when we're going to the movie theater and just filming people walking. <laughs> it's funny. I think it's really funny to do. And then it's also like filming yourself talking um, is uh, so awkward, so weird. And so me and, and my wife, Miriam, um, and she, if there's a camera on her, she'll start talking. She watches a lot of um, vlogs and everything. So she kind of knows all this, the process. Um, so it's, it's hilarious. It's fun. Um, and, uh, and that's what we're doing. So that's kind of what this, this podcast is kind of keeps expanding, expanding, expanding. And I keep having these ideas and, um, and it's a blast. Another thing I learned, let's just talk about these videos. Cause clearly that's where my head's at. So rec just recording things without planning is also something that seems um, a good way to do it because when you plan, you get neurotic and you procrastinate and, you know, it's it'd probably make a better video. Like if you're interested in doing something concise, but I was trying to do that and I came up with a bunch of ideas and was going for it. And it just seemed kind of like, like, I don't know. I just wasn't as interested. It was more like, let's film a bunch of, let's just go out and shoot and just try to be normal in front of the camera and then 
edit it together and then just post it for no reason. Um, so that seems to be a lot more fun. Another thing when I was trying to put these together last week was um, music. You gotta have music. But if you've ever been down the rabbit hole of trying to like pick royalty free creative commons whatever music for your video whatever you end up doing it's i hate that process it's like listening and i don't think it's it's not for me so um making the music yourself if you can if you know how to do that and if you like doing that I think is kind of a must. So, um, and that's kind of the structure of it. This is this is where I think I'm starting to draw some connections to the posts on on the podcast and this whole video thing. So bear with me. Um, the it seems like one way of structuring these small videos is by basing them to music. That gives it some kind of structure. Um, some kind of place to go so if you start with music or if you don't start with music who cares but it's um it gives you some you know it gives it a shape and if you do it yourself you can kind of really feels just a really nice feels really i think i don't know nice it feels very nice um so that really worked um but I was thinking about the music's so weird. Poetry's really weird. Poetry has a certain musicality to it, breaking of the lines, the syllables, how that all shakes down. And it's essentially, you know, non-instrument music without going into spoken word and being weird, right? Um, so when you start attaching the music and video the sound and the picture together like that's that's really fun so i guess doing that in these youtube videos seeing them as the post of like hey there's the music and there's the video and putting those together the same way as you kind of the same you the same way i write my posts write those poems every day um, with the words and just the way they're kind of cut up and then reading them out loud. I'm like, the two, those two processes seem really similar to me in a way I never noticed before and in a way that's really fun. Um, that may, I'm, what I'm saying might actually make zero sense. I realize I may be in so in my own vacuum with this, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so that's a lot of what's going on and it also i find that it scares me to do to record yourself doing shit and then putting it online is so humiliating um in such a way that it's like makes you nervous and i'm like okay let's get comfortable doing that that's the kind of part of the game and everyone's like why are you filming this right now it's like because i just like making shit you know, like that's what makes me happy. Um, the more I'm in that, doing that, you know, the happier I am, the better off I am. So, um, you know, why not? So rules so far for the new videos. One, edit is, edit 
dialogue or monologue as little as possible. Don't try to make, invent sentences that aren't there in the edit because you'll just start feeling the falsehood right away, I think. And I just don't want to go down the road of all that crazy editing shit. That's number one. Number two, create your own music. Um, number three, try to make the whole video in a day or as fast as possible and just if just get it done and then make a new one to drown it out the same way I've been doing with the posts um, where it's like I write it. Essentially, you write it, I read it over, I post it, and then I don't look at it for a week. Same with the YouTube videos. How do I apply that process to them? Make as many kind of one minute, two minute, five minute videos as I feel like. And then, you know, through that, through that repetition, in retrospect, maybe you made something good. Don't try to make something good. That is what seems to uh, be working so much. That's where the fun is to me at this point is like, as soon as you're like, oh, I want to make something good. It's like, you just fucked yourself, you know, like it's such a, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I'm not, it's not what I want to do. I spent a lot of years doing that. Like, let's make something so good, but you I think it's just repetition practice going 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 working hard and just keep moving forward i think that's um that's the way to go and then you look back and it's like oh okay that one was kind of cool or maybe you don't look back at all and you just keep moving forward that's that's what i think the best process is and it's messy and um and fun. That's where I'm at. Let me bring up a couple other things. The movie The Whale I saw yesterday. And I love that. That was fucking great. I don't think there's been a movie I've seen in a while that I really was like, it just kind of did what I want movies to do, you know, like really uh, just controlled the um the experience you know like controlled the the audience um and and really had like um an emotional depth and an emotional an emotional depth that was um that hit all a bunch of different notes some things were very sad, some were very happy, some were very um whatever concerning the range of emotion that um that you feel and the depth of it um was really something I feel like I haven't really come across in a while. Felt that in a while. Um those I really enjoyed that movie a lot. So um and I hope he gets the award for it. You know, it would be, it just seems like the, that would be so 
I would really like that. That would just make me happy to see to see him get the award. And I know that's kind of like all on the internet, obviously. But I think that'd be really cool. So um I wish I wish them luck in uh at the big award show. Um Green Lard. This is so we're going all the way back to December eleventh. So there's gonna be like three weeks of posts here. So let's fucking get into it. The worst episode of the greatest literary podcast in Canada. The greatest Canadian literary, the greatest Canadian fiction podcast in the world. That's what it was. <laughs> this is the worst episode of the greatest fiction podcast the greatest Canadian fiction podcast in the world. That's what we're doing on episode. I don't even remember what number we're at. Um, this is episode 17. And man, is it going to be bad. Um, okay, one more tangent. I really think this will be the last one before I get into the post. Because I'm not going to read any prose at the end of today. Because there's just too many damn posts. Um, when I came back from the, from our trip, the blue Nile, um, you know, I let it sit and read through it and then took all of the kind of writing I had for it, all the kind of the draft stuff and basically made a big assembly of it. I'm like, okay, I see where this can end. I see how this can work. How are we going to do it? Um, put it together edited it last week as much as I could. It's about, I think it's like 16,000 words. The shorter, the better at this point. I think um, I'll do an audiobook. It'll hopefully be like an hour and a half audiobook short. Um, but still, like, it's still, it's short for like a novel. It's not a novel, but it's still an hour and a half of content. So, that's awesome. Um, so I don't need to worry about making a 10 hour audiobook, a hundred thousand word thing. It took me a long time to kind of wrap my head around like, what do I want to do? But I think the shorter these stories are, the better them and making more of them and see where my, my kind of train of thought is these days. Um, so I'm excited to hopefully maybe, maybe finish blue Nile by the end of next week around 15,000 word mark, hour and a half audiobook version. And then, you know, whatever, the week after or something, I'll record the thing, keep doing edits, but almost there. Then once Blue Nile's done, then I can work. Then I'll only be working on one story, The Idiot Tree. And that one, I will all, feels like a clean slate. Really uh, endless options. So I can make the videos, do my posts, work on The Idiot Tree, and that'll be uh, kind of the foreseeable future, um, which feels I'm very happy about. And that'll kind of be the, the world um, until we have our child um, in June. So, you know, a while yet, but I just feel like that's the uh, that's what's incoming. 
Um, there's also, um, no, there's also nothing. That's everything. And Green Lard, December 11th. Last week, I wrote a lot about insecurity. It felt fucked to read it, but it had to happen. Now I'm looking at that and I can see it as a jar of goop. Green lard, AI semen or something. I feel like maybe I should keep it in the garage or something, but I think I'll toss it. I forgot to mention, I went to the new library yesterday. It was a good one. I sat and read a book for an hour or so. And then I went to a restaurant and ate fish and chips and caught up on my chess moves. I suppose there's no point to that last part, but I just wanted you to know that. Um, this was me walking around solo adventure, going to the new library. Um, and I read a book by, uh, I didn't finish it. Um, Matthew, I think his last name is Weiner. Matthew Weiner. Matthew Weiner. Matthew Weiner. Weiner. Matthew, the creator of the show Mad Men, the guy who wrote on Sopranos. And I saw a little, small little book. And he wrote a, a novella. It's really small. Maybe it's a novel. Who fucking cares what it is? But it was like, maybe just under 200 pages, 200 pages, small little book. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, and I was reading through that and I didn't quite finish it, but um, it was cool to see how little dialogue he had in there because this is someone you got to imagine um, who is in the screenplay world has written, you rely so much on dialogue, right? To, to write a screenplay. So it seemed like what was refreshing to him when he had the freedom of just writing fiction after those shows were done was to just write a lot of description um, and talk and write about what they said without having actual dialogue. And maybe I'm remembering it wrong and there was dialogue, but it felt really minimal to me. Um, so that's one thing I remembered. And, uh, and it was a cool book. I would like to go back and finish it and see how it wrapped up, but the size of it too, I thought was really interesting. Short novel. I'm like, this guy's used to writing like TV episodes that are, they, you know, maybe are an hour long. Probably they're actually all an hour long. If you think about those shows, Sopranos and Mad Men. And so that's probably really kind of baked into his workflow. So to kind of translate that into novel form, I was like, I wonder if he saw this as like a season of a show or really just like a feature or I just, the way those things kind of work together, I feel like people don't really think, I shouldn't say think about, but don't talk about, I don't hear people talk about that or have many, anyone to talk about it too. Um, so I'm very interested in kind of how the new, the technology of the modern day drama on TV translates to um the book right um and and just the way that that technology's all been so changed um so i think seeing that i was like cool writing a short novel is awesome <laughs> and uh, the shorter the better 
in a way. I think I think that's good. Whatever is is needed. And uh, um remembering the fish and chips, they were it was so good. I ate so much food. I didn't eat dinner that night. I remember I was so full. That was like fries for two and a giant piece of fish and I ate it all to myself. I wasn't going anywhere until it was done. I wasn't going to waste any of it. And uh, and it was nice to eat at a restaurant alone as the novelty. I never I don't do that anymore. I'll always go with Miriam, but to sit there alone and be like, "Huh. I remember this this life eating at restaurants alone, uh playing chess on your phone, writing down weird things in your notebook." Um I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's fun. Um, so yeah, I was really, uh, concerned about all this insecurity stuff and I don't know if I am right now. I feel like I might've, I don't know, obviously I'll leave it behind, but I think the work I did on these last few episodes before I, before the break, um, I feel like it, it, there was progress was made. It felt fucked to read it, but it had to happen. Now I'm looking at that and I can see it. This is what I'm saying as a jar of goop. So all the insecurity to kind of get it into this jar of goop, green lard, AI semen or something. Um, putting it in a garage, letting it sit. All the insecurity, that seems about right. And I believe it's still sitting there. Next up. The Ear Canal Scab, the new ebook took the title, The Ear Canal Scab. There's always a stick on the ground or a rock to be found. <laughs> That's rhyme scheme. I feel like whenever I write a rhyme, I'm just fucking trolling myself for when I have to do the podcast because it's so awkward to rhyme for me. Um, like rhyming verse, I think is so feels so inappropriate. Um, even though it's like the bedrock of fucking human entertainment of, <laughs> of history, there is a stick on the ground or a rock to be found. Today has been strange, more or less, for no reason in particular, perhaps dehydration or something like that. In the end, I did my exercises and am feeling all right. I would like to make a video about the strangeness of ear hair. Perhaps when we return from our trip, I will do that. I will write it on a post-it note. Ear hair. What is the point of it? Is it cool? Is it disgusting? Sometimes a single black one will sprout from a random place, but it seems that there are many white ones growing from that canal. And I think there is a dry scab in it. I find myself picking at it when I read. I suppose if I ever had to say definitively what life is or was, it would be exactly that. Reading and picking at the ear canal scab. That's awesome. Uh, I did write that post-it note down and I came back from the trip and I saw it 
here. And um, I really couldn't remember what the fucking point of it was. And you can see there, it says ear hair. And then it says 500 words. A blue post-it note for our audio listeners. It's interesting that I called the book The Ear Canal Scab. Having totally forgotten what this was all about. And the picture I put on the on the cover, you can see it on the website, www.joshuahillelbarski.com, J-O-S-H-U-A-H-I-L-L-E-L-B-A-R-S-K-Y.com. Scroll down, you'll see the mailing list thing. And there's a picture of me looking at myself on the webcam on my computer and you can see in my ear and um i think i was like playing with the webcam and there's like a new like a down view that you can like use to show you kind of making stuff with your hands or something and i was trying to make that whatever i was playing with the fucking apple update and uh and I pro I don't think I tried to make that video, but uh, maybe I will, um, because or maybe it's already technically made. So fuck it. But um, anyway, great post. Um, meaning of life. It's got it. And I th I don't know. That's I I think that was that's actually a fantastic um, post in in the world. So keep up the great work me it says 500 words on this as well and um i think what that means um is what it does mean i can tell you what it means is that i wanted to focus on writing 500 words a day instead of i've tried the 2000 the stephen king metric i've tried the 1000 not bad but I'm like, what if, let's do five. What if we just did 500? It's little, it's, it's not very much, but I'm like, let's, let's do that. That was kind of one of my goals for when I came back. Um, so technically, um, that is now. And I mean, what else can be said about such a great post that your canal scab? Let's see. Next up. All right. What is this extremely crazy title? This title says the eternal paradigm of the narcissist free salad. What the fuck? Lettuce leaves in a bowl. They have been washed in the sink. They are ready to eat. They have salad dressing on them. You can have it for free. I hope you will enjoy the salad. I hope you don't think I'm a narcissist. I suppose if you do, then, well, I'm unsure what to do about that. Accept offer. The free salad. What a damn narcissist. But that salad was good. I had been eating so much trash, 
That salad really hit the spot. I would, I should have a salad like that more often. It helps with the. <laughs> Be serious. I should have a salad like that more often. It helps with the constipation and the diarrhea. The eternal paradigm of the narcissist's free salad. Another fantastic post written on and performed, performed, written, read on the, the Earwig Review, the greatest Canadian fiction podcast in the world, the Earwig Review. That is the, uh, that is the, that is what we're dealing with. Lettuce leaves in a bowl. They have been washed in the sink. They are ready to eat. They have salad dressing on them. You can have it for free. I hope you enjoy the salad. So, oh, there's a nice salad there. And here's the catch. I hope you don't think I'm a narcissist. <laughs> but if you do, well, what can I do? Except offer the free salad. Um, what a damn narcissist. But the salad was good. I've been eating so much trash that and that salad really hit the spot. I should have salad like that more often. It helps with the constipation, the diarrhea, the eternal paradigm of this narcissist free salad. So what's fucked up about this is that the first person narrator comes switches. So it's like that first bit, let's leave some bowl. They've been watching this over here. Ready to eat the salad dressing on them. You can have it for free. I hope you enjoy the salad. I hope you don't think I'm a narcissist, but if you do, well, then I hope you enjoy the salad. Free salad. And then it's like, it, for at some point, it's just like, okay, cool. New new first person uh, perspective now with no indication as to why, but um, it's probably enough. Um, when this person eats the salad, it's like, damn, it's a really, it's a really good salad and it's helping my digestion. Um, I should be eating salads like that more. Um, you know, that's great. I accept the narcissism. If the salad is good. Hands and feet. Oh, damn. I remember this one. Okay. One thing that this is what's going to happen slowly and slowly. It may not be such a dramatic, uh, thing all the time let me put an asterisk in that here's the asterisk the part in the when you read what the asterisk is i'll come back to the post in a sec when i've been making these youtube videos that i'm clearly fucking became obsessed with um one thing is like well what about like the drama like the like the dramatic ups and downs of like a youtube video and the thing is it's like, it's different. Um, you know, I'm talking about like a movie like The Whale. It's like amazing drama. Uh, ups and equal downs and lefts and rights and fucking every... It's so, so heavy and so potent and concise. And a lot of the time when I'm writing these little posts every day, I'm like, these are fucking so... These, these dumb cartoons, you know? 
I gotta like I wanna write something like heavy and like good. That's what good is a lot of the time. Um and with this with the pregnancy, Miriam being pregnant and um, you know, me kind of processing that, whatever, it's like it's a one of the it's a very big deal. But then again, it's not a big deal at all. It's like the most common thing to ever happen to anyone. So I, I'm in this kind of space where I'm like, on one hand, this is a crazy big deal. But on the other hand, I'm completely calm. So maybe it'll hit me later. Like her stomach's, you know, it's getting there. It's not, I wouldn't say, she's not like showing yet. But like, she's almost showing. <laughs> Um, so I'm like, whatever levels of drama. And I think what's fun about the, um, doing the YouTube video, not what's fun about it, but what I realized about it is like, don't worry about the drama. Don't like, that's when things will get, that's when this isn't going to work when you're making, making these zero budget you know, quick movies. You need a lot of money for that drama. And that doesn't always necessarily work too. That's like a, it's tough. Find it as you, as you find it, record the moment of discovery and get there when you get there. And the more comfort you have with the medium, the more you'll be able to kind of hit that as it, as needed. Some posts are really dramatic and um, kind of have, bigger feelings and others don't and that's that's fine um anyway i know i'm in a spiral i know that's a fucking sp crazy spiral of of thoughts but i like talking about it now that miriam is in her second trimester i'm allowed to talk about it for the past however long i have been compartmentalizing my attempts to write from the subconscious but that is neither here nor there. What matters is that we will have a baby girl. She will be born in June 2023. There's something when I, that happens when I think about it. It's old tech. A surge of emotional something or other. It kind of swells the eyes and connects to the chest. It isn't overwhelming, but it is it is whelming for now she is doing somersaults and the like i saw her in three-dimensional black and white i saw her hands and her feet um i like that one this it's a it's um this feels like like almost like a have you ever you know a, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, there's something that's said about old tech. Where was it? There's something that happens when I think about it. It's old tech. A surge of emotional something or other. It kind of swells the eyes and connects to the chest. Um, that's. I think it, it's funny to think of that as a as a technology like an evolutionary technology like feeling strong emotions that's what kind of like um 
it's a technology, is it not? Like, did we not adapt to kind of refine those kind of emotional connections? And those emotional connections are what uh, allowed us to take care of one another and, and kind of become more sophisticated, you know? Is it fair to call that a technology would be my question to someone smarter than, than me. Um, cause it feels like one. I think that it feels like one empathy is, is a technology. If we were a lesser, more archaic species, then that empathy wouldn't, we wouldn't have it. We'd be, we'd be archaic. Is that not what that is? And the more we learn to care, the more sophisticated we are in a way to a point. Um, so those big swells of emotion that you feel, you know, it's like, is it fair to call that a technology? Anyway, um, it's really something to know that we have a, um, a child on the way. It really is. I'm, uh, I'm a little, I'm don't really know what to say about it. I'm a little speechless. Um, but it, it's, uh, it's really, it's really something on that note, let us move to the next post, something entitled my cat. It seems there is nothing that causes me as much anguish than having to be away from my cat. I know I often write a lot of bullshit here, but the thought of being away from him for 10 days, I feel like I'm going to cry every minute and we haven't even left yet. He will be at home with another cat, two dogs and my mom-in-law, but still. It's unbearable, and I don't have the mental strength to handle it. I should cancel the flight. He is sleeping now on his chair. I will miss him a lot. And for those on the YouTube, you can see how to focus in the background. There he is, sleeping on his chair. As usual, he's here. And cl I cl cl every time I leave the country, the city, even, even flying back home to visit family, whatever, I seem to prove again and again that I don't have the mo emotional capacity to, to be away from my cat. I'm too sensitive. I cry when I, when I leave him, even for a vacation. I just can't fucking take it. Um, <laughs> I hate. And I was like thinking, I was like, why can't I do this? Like, I, I, the plane got delayed. We went to the airport and had to come all the way back. And honestly, I was like happy because I was like, okay, I can have one more day with the cat. It was, a, I felt this a relief. Obviously it was like fucked up and we had to miss a day of vacation and cost all this money going back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that was that was my honest reaction, <laughs> and uh, what I this is what I think is that 
I notice in my family, people are kind of obsessed with their pets, you know, all the members of my family and they, in like our text groups and stuff, we like talk about like people don't talk about what they're doing. They talk about, they talk about themselves through their animals. It's like this, um, like it's, it's really stunted. It feels really stunted, but I'm the same way. And I like, I don't, I feel like I don't, I probably do. I, you know, people that are obsessed with their pets, they kind of have like an emotional stuntedness to them. They're unable to kind of, they process all their emotions through their pets. And, um, and it's like, there's some unresolved shit there. I, uh, I think it's like a, maybe a distrust for, um, for people. So you're like, but the pet, the, my cat, my dog, whatever, I know they won't abandon me. Right. And I know that I can trust them and the, their love is like, it's different. It's kind of mechanical, you know, routine. Um, so really it improves your quality of life a lot, but it's easier than dealing with other humans. So we kind of like rely on it. Um, so when I have to leave him, it's like, yes, I just like really love being with my cat all the time. And I'm constantly hanging out with him, playing games. He follows us everywhere and we just like we're obsessed with the cat as you know but oh my god having to be away like it's so i'm just obsessed over it the whole time we were away too i really like maybe there's a couple of days there where i was more calm but like i was like i don't know if i was worried about him i just like the distance was just really tough to handle or something i don't know I got to fucking see a shrink about it. It's too much, but it's very real. And I think it's funny that I wrote a post about this daughter, this, my pregnant wife and our, and our daughter who's not born or alive, whatever. Um, but then the cat, I'm like, if I'm this bad about the cat, like, man, I'm going to, there's going to be some issues there <laughs> or not, or maybe I'll be fine. We'll figure that out. But I, I think like if I made a list of like things to get a therapist about, it's like, uh, attachment to cat, um, would be a great starting point. So, um, you know, next up, this is a post, um, that's, so minimal because we were um 12 how long the 12 hour plane with the transfer um plus the jet lag it's like the and then back and forth in the airports and waiting for the getting on different flights it's like this whatever like probably took us 14 hours or 15 hours to kind of really get there back and forth and then plus the jet lag, whatever. So here's probably the most minimal post of all time. Um, 
the title of it is vacation and and then it says walking around and eating food <laughs> but it it's like even last night we were out for dinner and you're like i was like oh how was your how was the trip what did you do i'm like uh i don't know we really just walked around and ate food what else is there to do uh, you can go and like look at buildings but it's all i think i it's two buckets you go and walking and you eat and uh we watch a lot of tv as well one thing it was really great is that they had all every rick and morty episode on netflix there in canada here we don't even have rick and morty on netflix um and in israel they have every episode so I got to watch the new season and I, and then I went back and I was watching, I watched, I basically watched them backwards. I watched season, I think it's six is the newest. Then I watched season five. Then I watched season four. And then I was just cherry picking through one and three, but that's gotta be the best fucking show of all time ever. It's so good. It's so fucking funny. I just love it. Miriam thinks it's so dumb. She does not at all understand it and it's so funny um anyway that was the most i could come up with apparently at the time i was so out of it my word cartoon at shakshuka restaurant cartoon at shakshuka restaurant <laughs> that's so funny okay it goes we're walking around eating food. I don't even think I, I made the connection that I already wrote that the, the day before. Like, dude, you are an idiot. But jet lag is very real. And that's why. Both things are true. A, I'm an idiot. B, jet lag is very real. <laughs> We're walking around eating food. And I'm picking my nose every once in a while. There was a cartoon on the wall of a restaurant. I meant to take a picture of it, but I forgot. And now I have to remember it forever. We were sitting on the beach and I noticed I have a massively long nipple hair. It was coiled like a spring. I don't know if it is still there, but regardless, I am pleased with how things have turned out. <laughs> that was a good day. Um, yeah, it was like, there was this awesome cartoon on the wall of the, the restaurant, and the cartoon was of the restaurant. It's like a new, from a newspaper, and they clipped it out and framed it. And it was just people just standing outside eating, like, takeout from the restaurant on the sidewalk and uh but it was so cool and i was like i want to take a picture of that so i can have it as a souvenir for whatever you know when you're traveling you're like oh i don't want to forget that and uh but i forgot to take the picture and now i have to i can only it's only in my memory i don't think at the time <laughs> i realized like how irrelevant it was 
and is to remember the fucking cartoon. <laughs> but at the time when you're on vacation and you're like seeing this amazing city and whatever, you think it's like so important to remember it. That's what vacations do to you. But it's like that cartoon is so irrelevant <laughs> to, to everything. And it wasn't, I don't even remember what it, there was no point to it. It was just a fucking cartoon. <laughs> and then, yeah, we went there and we sat on the beach and that was really nice because it's the middle of December and, uh, it was just a great beach day. Um, and, uh, yeah, I kind of was picking my nose a lot on trip because it's certain dryness you know anyway how are we doing good we're doing great scraps scraps there were a lot of people crowded around a giant menorah and some guy attached a blowtorch to a stick to light the candles Meanwhile, many people were watching the soccer game, and we were eating a ceviche sandwich across the street. There were many cats in the streets, eating the scraps from the market. Watching them makes me understand my, why my cat is the way he is. He would like it here. He, we, we would have brought him, if not for the long plane ride. I'm thinking of him often, and hope that he is doing okay at home. Very true. Um, that was one thing I thought was so cool. They have menorahs there, like in every shop window. It's just like Christmas decorations, but there's menorahs. And every restaurant and store, they just light a menorah and put it in the window. Really cool. And obviously, we don't do that um, so much in, in North America. Um, so that was, that was really kind of meaningful for us to kind of see to see that. Um, you know, you got to think like you're, when you, you're Jew and some neighborhoods different than others, but, um, usually you're kind of like the only family. It's like one out of like, however many there's like, oh, it's a menorah. Wow. There's not many of those. Like you're, you know, there's less of you. Um, but over there it's like everyone. So really brings kind of a certain warmth um no pun intended to just seeing so many of those menorahs it's like wow everyone here is a jew <laughs> um that's cool i feel like i belong um uh, i hope um i think that's that's good it really is nice um and they had this giant one and like the big kind of at the market there and it was so funny this kind of rabbi guy um had the, <laughs> it was a, like a little blowtorch and it was like taped to a stick like a bamboo like could have been a mop handle i don't know and he turned it on and then put it up there and just lit it and uh i thought that was so cool and these sabich sandwiches i gotta tell you about it you don't really get them here um I think they're around, but not in that way where it's just like fried eggplant and then there's a hard boiled egg and 
then the rest is like your average kind of shawarma or falafel toppings inside of a pita uh but the egg fried eggplant hard-boiled egg combo you don't really get that in in north america it's like falafel or chicken or beef or whatever so that's something that um i love that was awesome i wish we ate more of them but i guess i could we could try making it at home but that was uh that's a great sandwich man you gotta fucking eat that there was one little market um in jerusalem and uh there was like a little stand outside and i just saw i like walked by and there was like three little kind of um cubbies in it and there was like hard-boiled eggs and then there was french fries and there was falafels and i was like that's me that's how i eat i like i look back on my life it's like eggs falafels french fries <laughs> that's like the consistent like that's a holy trinity right there for, for in my life so i thought that was so cool um And it's funny because when you, I think like a usual and often I'll write like a post. It's like some guy taped a blowtorch to a stick. It's like some dumb thing I would write. I'm making up some fucking cartoon shit. But it, I'm like just writing what I saw in that post and uh, whatever. It's cool. bowl of soup it's okay to sit back and watch some reality tv i've gotten used to it somewhat there are a lot of very wealthy people and they are and they are very busy all the time for me i am happiest when i'm able to write i don't know why exactly today we were at the western wall watching them light the Hanukkah candles. There were a lot of TV cameras there filming the rabbis. There were a lot of security guards and people from the military. It would make a good episode of anyone's reality show. Afterward, we were exhausted from walking as far as we did. We shared a bowl of vegetable soup and it was a good and it was as good of a bowl of soup that I've ever had. Nothing could beat it. Not the wealth on TV, the holiest menorah on the planet, or the writing. The soup was awesome. Um, and, in fact, this morning, I tried copying a soup just like that at home. And it was pretty good. Um, but it was so You wouldn't believe the soup place. They had like 10 different flavors of soup. And it's just like a bowl cost like whatever six dollars, and there's your soup. And it's like there's like sweet potato, lentil, um, I don't know, all these other flavors. <laughs> um, you can pick and just have your soup, and that's all you get. I'm like, that's like, I love. I wish I had that restaurant. I love that restaurant. It was so simple, and so good, and um. And so healthy, it seems. So, and they didn't like fuss about like cream base there. You know, when like you have a soup and they're trying to be so like rich and so like 
thick, you know, these kind of soups we have. They're like, no, 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 like it's just water and the vegetable and then some spices and that's it. It's like you can taste what it is. They're not complicating things. And I think that's how you make, a, well, lately I think that's a way to make a great soup because for a long time the soups I was trying to make, I was like, oh, and then let's add some this and this and this. And yeah, and so many things is like, what is this fucking soup flavor? It's never been heard of before. That's so cool. It's like, okay, that's fun. At the end of the day, it's like, pick a vegetable. That's the flavor. And just augment it a little bit with onions, garlic, spice, whatever. But like, let that flavor of the soup be the soup. Don't mix it too much. I mean, of course, by all means, go ahead. But simple is good. In the world of soup, I felt like this soup place, I'm like, if communism worked, really, if it was like the best version of it, like this is what, this would be awesome. Just like, you can pick a soup, any flavor, these are the flavors, that's what you get. And if you had, uh, if you were super wealthy or not wealthy at all, that's what you get. There's no like special order, nothing. And everyone's fine. And it just kind of flatlines everyone. There's so many people, all these families eating there. It's like they had like six kids and like every kid's got their own soup and their whatever, doing their own thing. I really was in love with it. We went back to this place three times, okay? That's what I thought about it. I hope I can go back there one day to that soup place. It was so good. And Miriam was so hungry and tired. And we had the soup and then she was like fixed her. She was like, it was like magic, you know? Anyway, go make yourself a fucking awesome bowl of soup. And keep, make it as simple as possible. Don't even add any bullshit. Just let it be awesome. December 21st. The worst piece of shit poem. Okay. Okay. We went to the Holocaust Museum. And I saw that in the concentration camps, people still found a way to write. In my life... It seems that my worst self is the one that is unable to find meaning and fulfillment. But writing has always helped me sort it out. Even the worst poem, even the worst piece of shit poem finds a way to be meaningful and fulfilling. To be self-conscious about it is so idiotic. But confidence is not cheap. I saw that someone had made a tiny chessboard out of tiny pieces of paper. And I could see how important a game can be. These people who had been separated from their families and had everything stripped away from them I saw that they still found a way to write and to play chess. I don't know what the meaning of it is exactly, but it, but it made me feel connected to those people. There you go.
the worst piece of shit poem. Um, imagine that. Um, I don't suppose I need to say anything else. We stated, um, we stayed in, first we were in Tel Aviv and then we were in Jerusalem and then we found this kind of other Airbnb that was outside of the city. And, um, and it was just off the beaten path and really it wasn't too far away from the city, but it was like, there was no addresses anymore. <laughs> we couldn't even find the place with our taxi. Um, and you could walk to this museum on, uh, the museum was on the top of a place called Mount Herzl. And, uh, it's about, I don't know, maybe it was like half an hour walk from where we were. And, and we had to walk like through this, up this mountain. It's not a, big mountain like this tiny mountain i don't even know if it really is a mountain it's just called mount herzl but we were walking along this path um and we were kind of the only ones there in the middle of of this like out the outskirts of jerusalem it felt really epic to me um i'm like are like is this safe <laughs> like it the terrain was safe but i'm like there's no one around like are we going to get, like, if someone wanted to rob us, like, that would be a great time. Are there people that even want to rob us here? Like, I don't know where the fuck we are. We, like, booked these tickets on the internet. Like, we didn't ask anyone. We booked the Airbnb. Like, it's we're literally in the middle of nowhere. And on the other side of the world, all this kind of shit. And we were walking. Um, and I just, I remember it so distinctly. And, uh... Yeah, it was really something. The terrain is so different than we go on a lot of walks here in in Toronto, and uh, but the terrain there is so different. And uh, I don't know. This is what you travel for. It's just these these big feelings, right? And uh, just that walk was really kind of a beautiful thing. And on the fucking TV, <laughs> they had. Uh, kardashians um and so i was like getting fucking schooled by miriam like which one's which what they're like okay and then why they played episodes like 10 in a row or whatever so we watched a lot and uh it was fun i i like that show i didn't it's like i get it now sort of it's easy to make fun of and be like oh these people are so dumb i'm so smart i know better you know, all those reality shows. That's the thing about reality. Because Miriam's taught me a lot about reality TV. And I think what's most fascinating about reality shows is when you watch them, you they're kind of built to make you feel smart. Because everyone you're looking at is so fucking dumb. Or so you think. But it's like check your ego man <laughs> like you think if they made a reality show about your life like it would be fucking so great you know it's just such like a 
it's it's a complicated subject oh and obviously if they made one about your life you wouldn't want them to make one about your life but you like watching it don't you so anyway um all of that leads to this this damn rooster i'm drinking maxwell house coffee and listening to a rooster I would say that the coffee isn't too bad, but this damn rooster can go to hell. At the Airbnb, there's just a rooster outside of her fucking window. <laughs> he kept waking us up. And uh, it's so annoying. Oh, my God. There's. I really try to not let myself like get annoyed by things, like for the most part. Anything. I just really try to keep it in, but... like. And I don't know much about roosters. If it was just like, okay, wake up. This is like nature's alarm clock. Fine. But it was like, he didn't stop. This is like an all day rooster. It was like, like I was up, Miriam slept through it, but I was up for like hours. Like, I can't, I can't sleep with this fucking rooster here. <laughs> anyway, I was kind of obsessed with it for a couple of days. And, uh, this is the result it was just me writing an angry post about a rooster. Memorable pizza slice, December 23rd. Memorable pizza slice from King George Street. Green olive and cheese. I love my wife. Um, I've been chasing the high of this pizza ever since. It was just perfect. It was, we were in Tel Aviv again, and I've, it's the most like New York style pizza slice that I feel like I've had in a long time without being in New York. And it was just covered in these little green olives, and it was so cool, so great. Um, and I just, that little pizza spot, it was so perfect. And uh, I just, wanted to write about it <laughs> memorable pizza slice nothing to cry about <laughs> okay how are we doing let's go to honeymoon and one year wedding anniversary december 25 christmas right that's christmas i always mix it up oh yeah this is what's funny about the memorable pizza slice is that I'm just checking the day of Christmas, Christmas day 25th. Yes. So that was Christmas. No one gives a shit about Christmas in Israel. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, the, oh yeah. That, so I was writing on this memorable pizza slice and, um, Miriam handles all the directions in this family. And uh, she read the post. She's like, oh, that's such a nice post. Blah, blah, it says, I love my wife, all that stuff. But she's like, dude, that was pizza place was not on fucking King George Street. It was on another street, you idiot. <laughs> she thought it was so funny. Um, I was like, who cares? But... No, I'm like, what street was it on? Um, 
honeymoon and one year wedding anniversary. Let's see. For a one year wedding anniversary, we ate a giant cauliflower and a smashed potato and something else. I forget what right now. The people at the restaurant lit the Hanukkah candles and passed around an egg filled bread thing with sour cream. It was a kebab, that's what, with more roasted veggies and a pita, and we ate it outside under a heat lamp. We walked back to the room afterward, and we watched TV. I keep mixing up the day of our anniversary. I think it was today, but maybe it's tomorrow. Actually, it was yesterday. I don't know what we did today, then or yesterday. It has been a it's been as good of a honeymoon as anyone has ever been on. We have stepped outside of time, and it is just us being together. Um yeah, it was it was really we really had a great time being away. Hard to leave my work and my routines. Harder to leave the cat, but something really special about getting to just have time to the two of us together, um, doing nothing and just eating and walking around. And uh, what more would you ever really want in your life? Really? Like, that's as good as it gets. It's good and it's like more than enough. It is fucking great. But like um, fulfillment, happiness, um, to maximized. Like if that's the, that is as much as I, if that was the peak of my life, which you know probably will be, right? Like we'll, we'll ever beat that. Maybe having a kid and some memories there, I don't know. I'll leave that to the future, but my life as I know it now, if that was it, I would say that it was enough. Waiting on the tarmac. So now we're on the way back home from the trip. I let the cat out here. Here it's some action downstairs. Waiting on the tarmac. I was picking my nose a lot on the plane. There was no end to it. It was a 12 hour flight plus an hour delay taking off. Once we landed, we spent another hour sitting on the tarmac waiting to find a gate. <laughs> I was picking my nose the entire time, through customs, on the drive home, and now sitting here. It goes on. That's a real slice of life poem. Uh, the real, like, we were fucking, we'd landed, and they, it's like, long this is a long flight right 12 hour flight because we flew direct 
We'd already been waiting in the airport four hours before. So it's like, it's a long day. And plus the incoming jet lag that you're about to take on. And then we land and they're like, uh, yeah, we don't actually have a gate to go to. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, what incompetence is going on? Who fucked up to make it that the, this plane coming from the other side of the world, like, oh, we don't have a place for you guys. Like, I'm sorry. That sounds like a load of bullshit. And fuck them. But also, we're very entitled thinking that traveling across the world in a, a half a day is going to go smoothly and should go smoothly. Um, but, you know, whatever. Small flies, small flies porridge. Small flies consider porridge. Fridge magnets look great. My, oh, this one. My, my wife made a joke to her mom and brother about incest. <laughs> it was something from the Kardashians. Her brother got mad, and the truth is I'm not innocent either. Because when my wife and I were watching the Kardashians, I was the one who originally made the incest joke. It's a terrible thing to joke about incest. Especially when it comes to your mother-in-law and brother-in-law. <laughs> if it wasn't a terrible thing, there would be no reason to laugh. So I don't know if I can stop. Unlike those small flies. Unlike the porridge. Unlike the great fridge magnets. Basically, I made a joke. That there was like some thing on the show we were watching. I don't even remember. Oh, I actually don't remember doing this. I was like, oh, look, it's like, blah, blah, blah. and then um, we get back and then we're super jet lagged. And Miriam says like, oh, Josh said that you guys are like incest. <laughs> we're so dumb. And then uh, we got in trouble <laughs> and she had to apologize. And now they know we're fucking assholes. And I don't know this stuff about small flies. Consider porridge. Frig magnets look great. You know, random fucking crayon squiggles as I figure out what I'm going to write the day. You know how it goes. A great complication. To say something idiotic and insightful at once is complicated and therefore good. I have little to say, otherwise, truly, I am nearly exhausted. The stupidest thing I could say right now seems out of reach. And now that that is so, I can see how great it is. To think of the stupidest thing you have ever heard and to write it down and pretend that it is deeply insightful. They say you can't polish a turd, but you can. You just need the right polish. You need turd polish. It's a specialty item, and not many stores carry it. And in case you're wondering, it's sold out online. It's also really expensive. And there's hardly any in the tin. 
I suppose the fear that I have is that I am a turd, and they are right about the polish. Fictional turd polish versus the inevitable turd. Two opposing ideas. A great complication. Okay, what are we, what's going on here? This is a good one, actually. To say something idiotic and, in, and insightful at once is complicated and therefore good. Saying random crayon squiggles, as we were just talking about. Doing the stupidest possible fucking thing ever um, that you can possibly do. And then presenting it like there's some deep insight into it. Um, it's fun. <laughs> I feel like it's my a lot of the time is just kind of what I enjoy doing in my life in a wide variety of ways um, why not so there's times where you can say something really stupid but actually it leads to a great insight and the merging of those two things that's what I love to do that's what I'm interested in. I think that's the way to go for me. It keeps my attention. I have little to say otherwise, truly, I'm merely exhausted. The stupidest thing I could say right now seems out of reach. Right. So I was so tired. This is fucking jet lag. I couldn't even say the stupidest thing. And then this, I guess this kind of reconciles back to the very first post that I read today. What was it called? It was about the mason jar in the garage, the insecurity metaphor, something about sewage. Let me just create complication. Green lard. You know, it's like, cool. That's actually for the, after I wrote that, that was like, I don't think I hit it again. And here it's like, like kind of back to my real life. And it's like, uh, the insecurity. Um, but the wisdom about the stupidest insight, the stupidest thing leading to the great insight. It's like, feels like kind of a reconciliation of the insecurity and, and everything that's going on. But the, the, it's kind of like polishing a turd, right? You heard that, that before. And maybe it's true, but I think the real, the admission is like, I think the, the, the insecure, what it means to be insecure is to be like, look, my, I am a fucking turd. Um, it's not the idea. It's not the technology. It's not the work. It's not anything, but it's my, I am, but me. And that's, that's what you got to fight with. That's, you know, that's, I struggle with that a lot. Just thinking I'm like, literally a piece of shit, you know? Um, and uh, what can you do to overcome that? And to me, it's all this creativity shit. It's all this writing, making all the stuff. That's what gets me. That's what's always got me through. That's what what gives me confidence and 
what makes me feel fulfilled and happy and all of that stuff. And so you really got to own it. Um, and I think that's why I got so overwhelmed. It's part of the, obviously not entirely, but that the one post I read today where I kind of lost it there, the, uh, one called the worst piece of shit poem. I mean, it was like, for some reason I was like, look, like you, what the information I guess I got, I took from that in this instant, one of the pieces and it shouldn't be so like one of the, the pieces of information was like, how do I even phrase this? When you're thinking about, people in a concentration camp and you're looking at all this footage of it and all of these like basically like these souvenirs from it and souvenirs like these little I want to say props souvenirs like the these artifacts from from that time and you think about like your insecurities and it's kind of like the the I don't know how I'm going to land this fucking monologue it's going to come out wrong um but it's like in for my generation in my life it's like it's always been since you're a kid it's like look there's the holocaust was this thing that happened you kind of like learn about it when you're young where all the people who were jews because they were jews and they're whatever born jewish they got fucking killed um and tortured and you know the whole nine yards i was i had a couple laughs in the holocaust museum because I was thinking about Holocaust deniers and I was like, okay. <laughs> it's like this museum alone, and there's so many of them. I'm like, what? Uh imagine that okay, it's like, sure, okay, the Holocaust was fake. Let's 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 go with it. And this entire exhibit and all of this detail and all of these photos and all of this video footage and all of these stories and all these interviews and everything you're seeing here it's all they all just made it up right that's what that's the what the idea is i'm like that's wow like imagine actually all that effort going into like inventing this event <laughs> like are you fucking dumb and that's only that's one of so many of these things it's like okay this idea that like the jews run hollywood they run they're like really good at like inventing you know narratives inventing these these fictions like making special effects and all the things in the movies right if this is the the case it's like well i guess they'd be really good at also creating these museum exhibitions where like they can create these fictions out of fucking nothing what a fucking joke like it's just so i was la i literally laughed like multiple times th thinking of holocaust deniers while being in the holocaust museum being like how fucking dumb <laughs> like, how fucking dumb can you be but also how amazing would it be if <laughs> they were right and all of this was fabricated um yeah it's obviously fucking crazy anyway um the 
the what I wanted to to talk about was like you think about your existential like you're kind of a millennial fucking existentially fucked person and you, there's this weird guilt that comes with it because you know you should be so grateful for like all of the privilege in your life and all of the safety and every time you get a meal it's like you should be fucking happy because jesus christ if you were born you know 100 years ago uh whatever like good luck with that um but it's hard you got to learn how to be grateful you don't like what genius child just like came out like oh i'm so grateful for this that and the other like to me it was like a skill to learn to and to appreciate life to enjoy life i had to figure that out it took me a long time and obviously you always get better at it i think that's why you you can enjoy life when you're the older you get i think that's how it feels for me when i was young i didn't know how to enjoy life because i hadn't lived enough <laughs> to know what was going on um anyway to think of all of my insecurities and to think of how badly i often feel about myself and then to look at all of these people who i would be grouped in with in that point in history to think of how all of those people when you see them as a whole you know just like a group of people none of those people are pieces of shit none of those people have any reason to be insecure from the outside perspective they're they just need to live their lives they just need to find some fulfillment and enjoyment that's all you would ever expect from them if you knew one of them was so feeling so bad about themselves when you're kind of looking at them you're like you're, you're just wrong you're just flat out wrong so i don't know i feel like there was something that helped me kind of grow as a as a person in in that side of things uh, that, that stuck with me so i wrote i suppose I have the fear, I suppose the fear that I have is that I am a turd and they are right about the polish. Fictional turd polish versus the inevitable turd. Two opposing ideas, a great complication. It's like, can both of those ideas exist at once? Can you know that you feel like, sometimes you feel very insecure and you feel unworthy and you feel very bad about yourself for foolish reasons, truly. But at the same time, it's like, can you also know that, can you reconcile it? I think is all I'm trying to get at. And can you grow past it? Really? That's what I really want to do and i think the more this podcast really helps the post really helped the videos that's kind of the next frontier of like oh man um i could get comfortable doing those it's just like another dimension of finding confidence and comfort in my own self writing is one dimension 
video is another dimension, audio is another dimension, um, whatever, making music, drawing pictures, and all these are different dimensions of, of kind of who you are and the, the more dimensions that I think you can kind of have, it's like, it's a lot, it's a lot of fun, right? Anyway, I'm talking, getting a little out to lunch as usual. Memory box. A microchip of twig proportions. Squeegee. Orange. I would say there is a microchip on the doorstep and it is very good. Everyone will want that microchip. They will want to have it. They will want to keep it in their memory box to always remember the time they found it, sitting on their doorstep for no reason. I guess I don't really have a memory box myself, just this green tin where I keep my wallet and my keys at the end of the day. I threw a lot of my stuff in the garbage, but if I had a memory box, I would put my Swiss army knife in it. My dad gave me it when I was a kid. It's a sw sweet, and strange and lastly here is the final post from the year 2022 the title a good year this will be the last post of the year 2022 let us take a moment to reflect on how things went it was a good year for many reasons. Here's 2021's final post. Alleyway squid. There was a squid stuffed in the trash can. Its tentacles hung around the edge. It was there overnight, and in the morning, the alleyway stunk irreconcilably. A woman came out of the bakery holding a barbecue lighter. She stuffed it into the squid's head and tried to light it. But her plan failed, and she broke her barbecue lighter. A, wo a woman came from the deli and tried to, to bag the squid, but it was too slippery, and she ended up tearing the bag. The, woman, the women stood there, frustrated as hell. They wanted the squid out of there. They made a new plan. They came back with supplies. One of them dragged her axe while the other knotted a rope. They tied the rope to the trash can and angled it around a pulley system that wrapped around a street lamp and a dumpster. They counted down, and on three, the woman swung the axe and severed the rope. The squid flew through the air, almost two city blocks. As far as they were concerned, it was long gone. The squid was someone else's problem now. That was a good post. So I suppose it's fair to say that was two good years in a row. My resolutions. One, go to the library often. Two, go to mama's pizza soon. Three, make money to give to the baby. Love, Josh. And there we have it. The worst episode of the greatest Canadian fiction podcast in the world the earwig review thank you everyone 
for listening and I will hope to <laughs> I will hope to see you again next week for another episode of the greatest <laughs> okay thank you and see you guys next time